Jeremy Kennedy. What's up? How are you? How you doing? (laughs) It is so lovely to have you on the show. The last time we had you on, would you believe, was actually during lockdown, during that mad thing called COVID. And and life is wild for you since. Yeah, geez. I mean, I like, it's funny because it was kind of mental before that anyway, you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then COVID hit and I just wasn't willing to sort of slow down or stop doing things. And, and, uh, and so we had to figure it out and it was kind of messy, but I think, you know, we did a good job of kind of just, I just didn't want to lose momentum. You know what I mean? Well, you certainly didn't lose momentum. If anything, um, you know, your career, your profile, your music has just reached further audiences, I think, than it did ever before. Um, you know, that I think would be one of the main differences in terms of even just your career. How are you handling the sort of fame elements to being Dermot Kennedy now? Uh, like, it sounds sort of, I don't know, I never mean to kind of downplay it, but... uh but genuinely, it's kind of grand. Like, I feel like I'm in a very, uh, I feel like I'm in a real sweet spot, to be honest, because say, for example, like I was just in London there yesterday and we'll play the O2 in London in April and it'll be sold out. And it's like the biggest, one of the biggest venues in London that you can play. And it's very, but like I was walking around London all day yesterday, you know what I mean? And completely just no one kind of wanted to know to me, no one stopped me or anything. So. <laughs> I, I, I do, I feel like I'm very lucky to be in this sweet spot where, uh, where I get to play these massive shows, but then, um, it feels like my actual life isn't impacted and there's nothing I can do really, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. You probably have handled it probably so well. And considering how you started and where you are now, I mean, how does it feel to maybe go to those venues? People are singing every word of those songs to you, or maybe you're walking down the street and there's a busker playing your music and that's what you started out doing. Yeah, it's the best. That's the best feeling, to be honest. I think, um, I think when it's sort of rooted in the music, like that's when it really does click for me. Like say if I see somebody busking playing one of my songs, like that does mean a lot to me because I don't know. It's just I see myself in those people and I kind of, I remember when I was picking songs that I'd play in the street. And so for someone to kind of have enough respect for my music to do that and to kind of potentially admire what I've done is, uh, that's probably the best feeling for me. Yeah. When it comes to the fans, um, I think it's fair to say again, you know, we keep sort of making comparisons to years previous to now, but you know, your fan base has grown massively. And I think with a, with a stronger uh, amount of fans comes a larger number of fans and a more passionate amount of fans, you know, have they ever done anything that's a bit bizarre, a bit out of the norm to Dermot Kennedy? <laughs> Nothing like, I feel like everything is potentially bizarre uh, in this <laughs> career, but, uh, but I don't know, like there was say when you, uh, when you meet fans and stuff, Sometimes they give you things and, and obviously when you're traveling the whole time, certain things you can't, you just can't hold on to. But, uh, but there is one that I kept and it's this huge book that, uh, a bunch of people in the States made and, uh, and in Canada, I think, and potentially Ireland and the UK and stuff. And, um, it's just like lyrics and photos of people's tattoos. But the thing is like, it's about a hundred pages, I'd say. And so it's one of the things that I just like, I shipped it home and it was very awkward to do, but I just kind of, insisted on having this book that and and i guess because it was sort of based off the first album it's kind of like it sort of time stamps that for me so uh so that one was very important to me yeah but not like nothing weird which again is just kind of makes me happy and i feel like 
I've sort of constructed the type of career I want, you know. Yeah, your fans, um, you know, I think they're probably not wild or crazy because they're, they are giving you things that they know would mean and be sentimental to you at the same time. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. I think, um, whatever sort of energy you put out into the world, ultimately you're going to get it back. Right. So if you kind of, if you, I like to believe that if you sort of, you know, like you behave in a certain way, make music and sort of make it very clear that the music is the most important thing, you kind of, you bring people back to you that feel the same way. And so thankfully, you know, I haven't encountered too many weirdos now. <laughs> well, a lot of people are coming back to you in Thomond Park in Limerick. Um, you have announced three nights there. Um, yeah. It's only over the road from us. So we're excited to have you here. So let's talk about the Limerick gig then. What can we expect from this one? I just think it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. You know, like I think for me, say, Headline Electric Picnic last year, that was a big moment for me personally, but also I think a huge thing for me when I get to those moments is to really prove that you deserve to be there and that you belong at that level and that tier of things because, um, because I don't know, I just, I never want people, say for example, like other artists that have played Tolman, like Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, it's just like, you know, the caliber of show that's going to be. And so, I just don't want to be somebody who can sell that amount of tickets, but then puts on a show that isn't on par with those shows. So I just, I'm very determined to do something very special. And I think, uh, you know, I think as well, even though I make music that's kind of acoustic and, and, and that type of thing, like I think people who haven't seen a show before will potentially be surprised that like there is, there's going to be like seven or eight of us on stage, like a huge show. Like I really, I do want to do something special. Mm. It's great because for so long we beg artists to leave the big smoke of Dublin and come down towards the country to us country folk and stop making us travel up that road. So it's really nice that you did come down this direction. But because you're in Limerick, Dermot, I mean, can we expect maybe a Limerick song, some cranberries? I mean, are you going to do something like that on stage maybe? Cranberries could be a classic, couldn't it? But you're right. Like, it is true. Like Because I, I remember uh, sort of last year when we were planning these shows, it was that thing of... Like, well, you could do another Dublin show or you could do something somewhere else. And I was like, exactly what you said. I was just like, well, at this point, if we do a Dublin show and it sells out like another Dublin show, it's only going to be people from other places traveling up to Dublin. So I was just like, let's just do Thoman for three nights. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, Cranberries cover could be class. Well, no, I think that means a lot to a lot of people, you know, and not to get too deep here, but, you know, going to gigs can now be expensive, you know, especially for people traveling. You know, you're paying to get there, you're paying to stay there, you're paying to go to the gig. So actually the fact that you're coming to sort of home turf for us is uh, very much appreciated. Uh, will you be staying in Limerick for the three nights? Do you know where you're going? What's happening there? Can we get the inside? No, I don't. I have no plans. I, I, I sort of, I'm living a life at the moment where I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, so um, I haven't thought that far ahead, but I'll be in Limerick for the few days. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you are in Limerick, you need to give us a shout because we'll be able to tell you like the places to go and where to eat and what's popular. I need to know what to do. Yeah. Exactly. You need to know what's going on in Limerick because we've loads of nice little crazy spots that would love to have you and I'm sure they'll try and. Really? Yeah, we do. We do. We do. We do. Definitely. There's a place called Chicken Hut. I feel like it would be something <laughs> after, <laughs> it could be something after your gig you would fall into and get some chicken and chips. I think they'd be delighted with the shout. <laughs> after the third gig. Yeah. After night one or two, it could be compromised. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we got some great music venues here. We've Dolan's. We also have a great bar, the Curragower, you know, the lock. So you'll be well looked sure. after. 
Um, the first time I ever played down in Limerick was upstairs in Dolan's. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was supporting a band called The Flowers. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, years and years and years ago, but, uh, really cool little venue. Yeah. And then I remember I supported Ham Sandwich in the main room in, uh, in Dolan's, which is great. And look at you now, huh? Stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. See how it goes now. No pressure. I know, right? Uh, w- w- would you maybe do something like that? You know, we've seen artists in the past um, sort of play these big venues, but then when they're on home turf, they might pop in and do like a local session in some pub. Could we expect something like that from you? Or are you strictly here for Thoman Park and Thoman Park only? No, definitely not strictly. I mean, a huge thing for me is looking after my voice. So I don't, I, I like, because I, I love things like that. But to be honest, I think the reason you see that a lot is because artists who get to the stadium and arena level, like you really you do kind of still crave that closeness and that kind of intimacy in venues. And so that's why you see people doing stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you saw, but um, last year when we were sort of meant to be on tour and then it fell through, uh, I did a bunch of sort of just busking in the streets, sort of say all around the world, like we did Brazil, we did Mexico and then obviously Dublin and Paris, all kinds of places. And, um, and that's, to be honest, some of my favorite stuff I've ever done because you just, you really get that connection in such a potent way. So yeah, I'd love to figure some smaller stuff out. It'd be absolutely great. I think that's what makes you different though, Dermot. I don't, I don't think you forget the fans and you do want to look after them. You do want to, you know, get out there and meet them because we do love when you do those pop-up gigs around the place because you don't give them much time to get there. But then when you look at your Instagram know, yeah. and you see the crowd that shows up, it like it's, it's amazing. Like it's outrageous. No, it's mental. And, but I do. Yeah. I think whenever, whenever you go from being a smaller artist to kind of doing bigger things, there is, there's bound to be some growing pains. You know what I mean? And, and there's bound to be, but I think I'm, I'm very determined to kind of prove to people that I haven't sort of lost a run of myself. And you always want to, I don't know. Yeah. You always just wanted to sort of maintain the same values as, as you did when you were playing to 50 people, you know? And Dermot, on that note, actually, of busking on the streets and stuff, you might remember last year there was a, a vicious rumour going around. That I know, yeah. Limerick City. You even had to, I think you tweeted about it, that you're like, lads, it's not happening. I'm nowhere near the place. Um, What was your reaction at that time? Because I'm telling you, like, there were so many people in Limerick City waiting to see you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, I've no idea how that even came about. It's mental to think that, like, just someone can say something and then it grows legs and everybody decides to believe it. But, uh, but yeah, I just, the reason I posted about it was because I just didn't want people to waste their time. And, and, and the thing was, it was at a point where, uh, personally I had done so much. Like I was literally hanging. I was just like, because even on another day, I probably would have been like, all right, I'll go down to Limerick. Then we'll figure it out tomorrow or something. But, uh, but just on that day, I absolutely was knackered. And so I, there was no chance. And, um, and so I had to post about it. But yeah, I don't know. I literally, I do not know where that came from. Yeah. It was wild. Like our, the phone here in the station and the emails and the personal DMs we got on Instagram being like, do you know? Is it happening? You definitely know. We didn't. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, Dermot, as always, we know you're a busy man and it's been absolutely amazing to talk to you. And, Honestly, we're really appreciative that you're coming down to the Southwest, you're coming to Limerick, and we're really excited to see you here in Tolman Park. Nice one, guys. Thank you. I can't wait. Thanks, Dermot. Take care. Talk to you in a bit. All the best. Let's see you. Mind yourself. Bye-bye. Bye, Dermot. Bye, Thank bye-bye. You. See you. Now.